Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangu, and today I'm bringing you a session from the Digiday Media Buying Summit that we held in Nashville, Tennessee from February 20th to February 22nd. With all the buzz about transparency and the erosion of trust in the ad buying space, it's easy to talk about this at a higher level. But how can brands and agencies actually implement this day to day? In this session, hear Ali Plonchak, Managing Director of Digital Strategy and Integration at Cross Media. She speaks about how her agency approaches transparency and neutrality in tactical decisions and how they promise 100% transparency. Listen in. When I was talking to the guys at Digiday, we were saying, you know, let's talk a little bit about transparency. And I said, well, I do want to talk about transparency, but I don't want to get up on the stage and talk about it in a big macro sense. I really want to dig in with everybody here and say, what does this mean from a day-to-day perspective? So, you know, I'm sure you guys all see this every single day in the trades, that there's a lot of conversation here. But I don't think there's a lot of true conversation about what this means for what everyone needs to do on a day-to-day basis. And what's really important is that when you look at what's happening in our industry overall, right? This is a survey that IDcoms did, um, they're a consultancy. So when IDcoms um, did this, I think it was in September with about 400 marketers, basically trust between agencies and marketers is declining and it's pretty much hovering in this low to average space. I don't know any good relationship in my life that exists with a low to average form of trust. I don't know if anybody here has that, but generally that's not the the makings of a good partnership. So what I wanted to do was really dive into what do we mean by transparency and have you guys take a little test. Nobody has to share anything or write it down, but just think about it as we go through some of this. So the first thing is just examining really what transparency means. And I actually found this helpful to go through and think about what it doesn't mean. Because I hear a lot of people talking about transparency and I don't know that it's exactly um, always interpreted the right way. So the first thing is transparency does not mean that we are the most ethical, right? Transparency, especially when we talk about it in an advertising context and in an agency form, I'm not here up on stage to say to you, my agency is the most moral agency on the world. I think we do have good values, but it's not an ethics competition. Transparency also doesn't mean that we call up the client and tell them every single minute detail. So I have um, a guy on one of the teams that I oversee, the programmatic um, buyer, and he'll come to me and he'll say, oh my God, I overspent by $67 on this line item. I have to call the client. I said, you can call the client. You should. I mean, yes, and we should talk about why this happened, but that in and itself is not what makes something a transparent relationship. This is my favorite. If anybody has to work with procurement or with any um, consultants, we often get these pitches that say, we really care about transparency. Please fill out your CPM pricing for these 2,000 line items. And I'm banging my head into a desk saying, how in the heck does this client think that they're testing transparency by having me fill out a line item pricing for a behavioral target on a specific site? This is crazy. So for us at the agency, what transparency really means is transparency means neutrality. And I think that this fundamentally goes back to what an agency is even supposed to be. An agency is intended to be an agent for a client. An agency is not intended to be, say, a reseller of media technology um, or, or, or other goods. And I think that, that that thinking is something that's really important. One of the analogies that we talk a lot about at the agency is an analogy between a doctor and a pharmacist. So you would go to a doctor if 
you had an issue and you would describe all of your symptoms to a doctor and they would evaluate you holistically and make a diagnosis. And that diagnosis and those, that solution might come in the form of a prescription. It might come in the form of exercising. It might come in the form of stopping doing something that you're doing. But that doctor is responsible for you in a very, very neutral capacity. A pharmacist, on the other hand, which I'm not narking pharmacists, if anybody has pharmacists in their family, totally good. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but a pharmacist has a different business model. A pharmacist's job is to sell you something. Right? A pharmacist needs to give you a prescription. They are giving you something, um, and they are not making a holistic diagnosis on you. So as we go through this test, I think it's important to think about in the room, are you a doctor or are you a pharmacist? And you might go through this and say, oh my god, I thought I was a doctor, but I'm a pharmacist. What do I do now? We can talk about that. All right, so here's the test. First question. What influences the media recommendations that you and your teams make for clients? You might say to me, Ellie, it's everything about their business. It's who the target audience is. It's a human insight. It's past results. Sure it is. But I want you to think about these other things too. Do any of these things influence your media recommendations? Does your agency business model affect your media recommendations? So for example, do, does your agency get paid from clients? Does your agency get paid from media, technology, data suppliers? Do you have a one-sided business model? Do you have a two-sided business model? We're going to explore that a little bit more um, in, a couple, in a couple slides' time. Do you have limited partners for consideration? Do you have agency-wide preferred partnership deals or rates? Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be able to say to a client, oh, OK, across the board in the agency, we're maybe spending X amount. And because of that, we've negotiated a rate card with a certain provider. That totally makes sense. What's not okay is committing to those dollars before the client has expressed that need. Because again, then you're sitting there with inventory or technology or data or something that's got to go on someone's plan. So when you think about that, that is something that affects your neutrality. Are there agency minimum spends very similar to those, those preferred partnerships? Second question, is the client spend or data benefiting anybody but that entity? So I think that this is really important. I think especially in the data space, this isn't an area that there's a lot of conversation around. Um, we pitched, what was it? We pitched South, um, Southwest Airlines a couple years ago. We didn't win that pitch, but they were so adamant that their data was not going to be shared with any other entity under the sun because they didn't want to make anybody smarter, including Google. We said, well, I don't know, you, you kind of lost that already. But um, it, it, I think this is a really important conversation. So. Understanding, is your client's data supplementing anybody else's data? Is that data going into an agency DMP? Is that data being used to create other audiences for another advertiser? Maybe you've created a great second-party data sharing marketplace. Fantastic. But if I was the client, I would want to govern that data, and I would want to make the money off of that, not have another, third, another party making the money off of it. Our rebates pass back proportionally to the clients based upon spend. So we go through this painstakingly at the agency. So everything from brand safety to an ad server to um, a media partner, any type of rebate that comes back gets redistributed proportionally to the clients based upon the spend that they contributed to. So if the client contributed 10% of the spend, they get 10% of whatever that rebate is. Um, and then third, are there agency in incentives with specific partners? So this is something. So if your agency spends X amount of dollars, are you unlocking a certain research from, from a vendor? Are you unlocking um, something 
um, in terms of a new technology or first to market? Maybe, and that's fine, but is that being, again, put back to the clients that actually contributed to that? All right, and then finally, is the organization operationally structured to put the client's goals first? This is really tricky, and this is so hard. I deal with this all the time. So like I said, one of the things that I do is I oversee digital at the agency, and our team that handles bid-based media, paid search, paid social, programmatic. Those channels are growing. Those channels are growing very fast, and now that team makes up 25% of the agency composition. And they're probably going to make up more in the future, but I need to keep them in a certain composition because I don't want our agency being 70% filled with programmatic planners and buyers. If that's, what we, if that's what we have, then somebody's got to put that media on their channel, on their plans. Otherwise, what are those people going to do? So again, thinking about how your organization is operationally structured and being able to ebb and flow with what makes sense for the client, not based upon the structure of the agency, is really important. Um, is measurement holistic and neutral? So at our agency, we focus a lot on multi-touch attribution and having the conversation around the entire pie, the fact that what is incremental and what is media's contribution to that, not stealing share from different channels. And that's, again, another thing that I think is really important for everybody to be able to have an appropriate conversation and make those neutral recommendations to a client. Is your compensation or bonus tied to a certain media channel? We have some clients um, who, who have that structure in place, which is really tough. Um, and then ultimately, can you tell the client the truth? So that was the test. You don't have to share with me your results. Um, but again, if we're going through this and thinking about, well, why does this then matter for, from a business perspective? Yeah, of course, we all want to have trust in those relationships. We all want to fix what's going on there. But does this actually matter when it comes down to dollars and cents? And I'm going to tell you, yes, it absolutely does. So this is really interesting. I was talking to um, Martin, he is one of the founders, and he's German. So I don't know if the translation of this stable triangle of doom came through exactly correct in English, but it's, it's kind of interesting to think about. So at the top, you've got agencies. On the C, you've got clients. And on the M, that's uh, media suppliers, media technology providers. We can go with whatever. So clients. Clients are continually squeezing agencies for fees. We all know this is happening. Every time we're in a pitch, it's, it comes down to these discussions on fees. We always tend to be the most expensive, which I'll, I can tell you a little bit more about. So agencies, rightly so, are saying, OK, if you're squeezing me, I've got to find some other ways to make money. OK, so they start exploring. Where are my other options? And then the media partner said, huh, that's interesting. They're exploring and looking for ways to make money. What if we incentivize them to sign a deal with us to spend a certain amount of volume, to commit to something up front, and that way I can offer them a deal and they can make money on that. So let's take a look at what, what that looks like with some actual numbers behind it. In a disclosed model. In this model, you're putting the client first. So you've got the agency and the client, and they're agreeing to a certain partnership. Say the client wants to buy a certain media, just for easy numbers, let's say it costs $100. That media cost goes from the media supplier to the agency. The agreement with the agency and the client is 4%. Lo and behold, that costs $104. In a non-disclosed model, this is tricky, because this is where you can have opp opportunities that the supplier is put first, not the client. So in this model, the agency has signed an agreement with the media supplier, the media technology company, across the board for the agency to say, all right, we're going to spend x amount of dollars with you. And in return, I want you to give me that $100 value at a discounted rate. 
Sure, great. You've committed to X amount of dollars with me, fantastic. You get that $100 in value for 75 bucks. And so now the agency says, awesome. Now I can pay for my resources because I can mark this up by 27%. 20 bucks, make the money to cover my people. And then I can go to the client and say, doesn't cost you anything, don't worry about it. And now you got your 104, what you were paying previously for $104, now it's only costing you $95. So who wouldn't take that? If you could buy something for $104, or if you could buy something for 95, I don't know, what would you choose? You could argue everybody wins in this. The media supplier has the commitment, the agency makes the money to properly cover their resources, the client gets the, the total value for less, that's great. Isn't everybody happy? No, this is why it's the stable triangle of doom. So I think that this is a really big problem in terms of what it's doing to the industry overall. And this is a little bit of a rally cry for everybody in this room that we have to fix this. So for the agency, we're losing trust in the recommendations because you don't have the opportunity to say, all right, this is the right supplier for you. Now I've moved from being a doctor to being a pharmacist because I only have that supplier, or I only have a couple of those suppliers. I have that deal, it has to go somewhere. For the client, there's a huge lack of objectivity in the media decisioning that's being made. Maybe, maybe that wasn't the solution at all. Maybe media wasn't the solution for what they needed. And then from an efficiency standpoint, for the agencies, this is where the conversations start happening when the clients start saying, well, maybe we'll in-house, because I think there's hidden fees. I think there's hidden dollars that the agency is making. And they're right. And yes, they should be getting that pass back proportionally, but we also need to make sure that the agencies are being compensated and that we're not commoditizing what we do, but that we're really delivering that true value and making sure that we teach the clients this is a value. Don't tell them that it's a 0% cost because it's not. So I went through this um, at the agency and I did a little, a little prep and I said, all right, uh, let me get a couple people in the room, all different levels, and I said, okay, so what do you guys think of this? And they all got really fired up. I was like, you work here. You should know all of this. They got so fired up and they said, so what do we do? Like, what do people in the audience, if they sat there and they said, oh my goodness, I thought I was a doctor. I found out I'm a pharmacist and now I'm really angry. What am I supposed to do? I said, mm. One, I think, is that it's important that everybody just thinks about these things and says, can I answer those questions? Am I okay with the answers? If I'm not okay with the answers, what can I do in my day to day to rectify that? Um, I was talking to uh, a group director that recently came over to us, um, probably about two years ago, and he said, you know what, I came to the agency because at my old agency, I kept being told I had goals to put money into an agency trading desk. And he's like, and I kept saying, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't perform, this doesn't make any sense for the client. And he said, I left because I wasn't even able to make recommendations. I was just putting dollars where there were goals for partnerships. So at our agency, and again, I'm not up here to say we're, we're any better or any worse than anyone else, but I do think these things are very important. So we go through an audit every single year. Uh, PwC does it, and there's a couple key components to that. One, all negotiated value is client value. So again, that's very important. Any rebates that come back, those go back to clients. All income is client remuneration, which means, again, we don't get paid from a media entity. We only make money based upon our clients. The third is that there's no conflicts of interest. So this spans a couple different areas, but basically we can't have stake in any, uh, any shares in any media uh, providers. Um, we have a strict incentives policy, so we've taken away 
all the fun stuff. So no ski trips, no custom jean parties, um, but we make our own fun at the agency, so that's pretty good. Um, and then there's an out clause for missed certification. So if we don't go through the certification, if we miss something on it, clients actually have financial, uh, there's financial ramifications in what we would give back. With that, we say this at the agency, trust, reason, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you, Allie. That was great. Um, we have a few minutes for questions, but I want to start with one of my own. Uh, so Jean's parties are still actually happening, not, not with you. <laughs> People are still doing Not this. that anybody's inviting me to, because we had to say, no, we can't do Something that. Something hasn't replaced the jeans. I'm surprised. <laughs> I thought there'd be more to it now. Peloton. Something. Eyebrow threading was one I'd Something heard. Something fun. It's a good one. Um, Talk to me a little bit about, I mean, you've, you've been sort of talking a little bit about this like trust issue between yeah. agencies and brands. And I think for a long time, the narrative in the space really, from what I hear, mostly always off the record, funny how that works, from agencies is that, look, we have to do all of these things that might be considered, considered nefarious, might be considered sort of kind of beyond, you know, what is acceptable yeah. because, hey, you squeezed us. Yeah for years on fees. You yeah. ensured that we couldn't have enough money to actually do the things that we needed to get done. So we had to figure out other ways to do it. And oh, yeah. and by the way, you signed off on the contract. Yep. How much of that narrative still exists and how much of it is true? Yeah, I mean, I think that narrative is still very, very prevalent. So like I said, you know, when we go through new business pitches, very, very often we hear from the pitches that we're in, you guys are the most expensive on fees. We said, yeah, because we're not making money any other way. And I do think it's important to say we all need to kind of reset mm -hmm. what has been, again, commoditized and devalued in the, in the industry. Um, so yeah, I think that that conversation really needs to happen. I actually think that the consultancies coming to the forefront, the Accentures of the world, I actually think, I don't know if this is gonna be controversial, I think they're doing a good thing. I think they're doing a good thing because they're helping reset the mentality of what an agency should be providing and the value associated there. Right, because nobody's sitting around haggling with their law right. firms right. About, right. about fees, but right. they do with agencies. Totally. Totally. So on uh, sort of related to that yeah. trust issue, um, we were talking about this a little bit backstage. When you're seeing kind of these brand safety crises, you're mm -hmm. seeing um, sort of just the latest one has been this YouTube comment yep. one. How much kind of has, first, firstly, how much have the platforms done when it comes to avoiding these scandals? And secondly, how much of this does really even matter? How yeah. much are advertisers really going to pull, spend? <laughs> how many times are they going to do it? And how much of this is having an impact really on your business? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. So again, kind of along the idea that I don't necessarily need the team to call up a client every day and say, hey, we overspent by $7 on this line item, and no, that's not what makes transparency. But that is part of a good relationship is having the ability, having A, the access to that data to be able to share that information um, and being able to be a proactive partner. So I think we were, we were talking about this. So with the YouTube situation, um, I think that there's a balance to, for, on a brand safety standpoint, where we all ultimately have to weigh the cost of what we're digging through mm. to the benefit and what materially matters. Right, and nobody's, and at the end of the day, YouTube still remains a really important, yeah. strategically important yes. platform. Yes. So it's not really like, say you'd even found that there was actually a bigger issue at play. Yes. Yeah, I think, Would I think it, it mattered. I think it depends. I think it depends also what, why that, 
issue happened and mm -hmm. what your safeguards are in place that should have caught that and what really realistically can be out there to catch it. So I know when Phil was talking from Gum Gum, you know, again, those that's that's a really important point saying, yeah, you could have all the safeguards in the world from a um, natural language standpoint, but if you don't have them from an image standpoint, then that's another whole challenge. And right. so I think it's, it is a matter of saying, all right, does this help us change our process? Uh -huh. Great, then that's a good thing. If it's something that's an anomaly, what are you gonna do? What are you really gonna yeah. do? Um, we have time for questions for Ali. I was just kind of curious, like uh, you said multiple times, right, you guys are the most expensive option <laughs> on the table, right? Uh, so, so just out of curiosity, like what's f like feedback you've gotten from procurement when yeah. you know you guys are more expensive, but it's this very neutral, honest pitch? Yeah, La last year we had four pitches that we won that we heard from the consultant or the client, you were the most expensive. But I think that that's important that you're A, showing the value, um, and B, helping reset the conversation on what truly matters. I would also tell you though that our agency is very much, because we don't make money from the media, I'm not scared about in-housing. Please, God, go in-source, take all these people. You want your team to buy search? Knock your socks off. That's fine, because we know we can provide additional value. We can provide the value on the orchestration and on the outcomes. So I'm not worried about who's pushing, pushing the levers. Great. Alec, yeah. thank you so much. Awesome. This was fantastic. Thanks, guys. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also leave us a review and rating. It really helps our podcast be discovered and more people can hear about it and you can talk to them about it. So while you do that, I'll leave you here and come back soon with another episode.